Hello, Tuesday, May 25th, big ass day. Hey, good show, good conversation. OJ Howard's awesome. Aaron Rodgers was on TV last night. And fucking the Penguins might be in trouble. Let's get to it. Oh, it's a big day because Aaron Rodgers was on Sports Center last night in Kenny Maine's last ever Sports Center. By the way, uh, congrats on a hell of a run at Sports Center, Kenny Maine. I echo the sentiments that Aaron told you, and I assume many others, as you were trending alongside Twitter. You brought a great levity to sports that we all enjoyed. Of course, ESPN then asked you to take a 61% pay cut. And of course, you are now going and probably starting your own thing or joining somewhere else and welcoming, uh, coming into our world. You're going to do just fine, pal. You are uh, incredibly talented. It seems to be uh, an incredibly hardworking man in Kenny Maine. And also, funny is always a winner, and Kenny Maine has been funny forever. Uh, so congrats on this next stage. Congrats on your next chapter. Thank you for everything you did with SportsCenter, and I can't wait to see whatever you create, wherever, however, for whomever, because it's going to be a gift uh, from that great brand of yours. Uh, congrats to hell of a rock. Yeah. Love you, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. But you are not dying, pal. You're actually probably going to get bigger than you have been in the last 10 years because the internet is going to love Kenny Maine, especially if you focus on that full time. Not that I'm not sure if you're going to or not, but I think that's going to be awesome. But the big story coming out of that conversation with Aaron Rodgers is the fact that Aaron said, hey, listen, I, this ain't about Jordan. Hey, uh-uh. I love the kid. He said, I love the kid. Had great times together. This is not about Jordan Love. This is not about my teammates. He said, I love my teammates, actually. You see us all dancing last year? We were dancing, having yeah. a good time. The locker room's a good locker room. We actually enjoy the hell out of each other. Somehow in a COVID protocol riddled season in which nobody could sit and eat at a cafe- in the lunchroom together, cafeteria together. You can't be in the locker room at the same time. Somehow that team was able to bond because they're so close to a lot of success. You saw them dancing, saw them vibing. It ain't nothing about my teammates, Aaron said. Coaches, love my coaches. Love them. Hey, LaFleur there at the beginning, I thought, well, what the hell are we doing, maybe? But I didn't know who the guy was. Nobody knew who the guy was. And by the way, still nobody knows who the guy is because I think he's had the most successful start in a head coaching career in NFL history, and nobody talks about it. But he and I get along great. We're, we're body each other up. We punch each other on the sideline. We yeah. celebrate together. We spent Zoom calls together this past offseason going through the entire first year together to talk about what I like, what I don't like, what we see, what we don't see. We spend time to get to know each other both on the field and off the field. We like each other a lot and we were very successful together it's not about the coaches he said Mm -mm. Mm -mm. but what people don't understand is it is the people that make the whole thing go is what he was saying it is the people that build the culture it is the people that make a business what it is although you see football and you see jerseys it is the humans that are there day to day inside of that building inside of that facility making that entire place stick and what i think he was alluding to was the fact that you know it's about doing things the right way and treating people the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if necessarily he was specifically talking about everything that was going on in his life and, you know, with his decisions with the Packers. I'm sorry, with the Packers' decisions on how they've treated Aaron. I think this was a much larger picture that goes all the way back. And this is not Aaron telling me this, okay? This is me listening to what he said. Everything he says has a reason. We gotta, we've got we got a chance to learn that. Aaron is incredibly intelligent. He, by the way, 
incredibly thoughtful, deep thinking, and positive, by the way. Yeah. I, I think that is something that never gets talked about. He is very positive person. Now, when he says something like this, you have to think to yourself, what's he talking about? And I think this goes back to the same thing that he and I and the boys and AJ have gotten a chance to chat about on a regular basis. It's about making the place right. It's about doing things in the right manner. It's about whenever somebody like Jordy Nelson wants to come back and play for free, basically. Just one more year, I want to be here, not even having a conversation, kicking his ass out the door. Same thing with Kuhn. Same thing with Kumro mm -hmm. they just did recently. Same thing with a lot of other things. I think this is potentially, and who knows what's happening to people not in the football world, by the way. Like, who knows what's happening in the equipment room, athletic training room, other things that are potentially going on there. And this is, by the way, not coming from Aaron. Once again, have to say that I've not talked to him. We are not like that. We do get along, I think. I think we are on, on very good terms. I think but it's not like I'm asking them because I have to speak for three and a half hours every fucking day in one of these and it is not right or for me to become that person but I think it's him getting to a point where he's sick of the way things are going he, he you can put an end to this right now we can change the way this entire thing's going but it's going to take some moments from some people recognizing that they potentially fucked a lot of this thing up i think he wants because you know he very clearly left one particular group out on the football side into who he loves who he doesn't love i feel like there is a potential you know long list of things that is kind of just stacked on top of each other. In Jordan Love, the draft pick, not Jordan Love, the human, but Jordan Love being used in the first round whenever, you know, the entire team just gave their entire souls to make it to the NFC Championship. They have a tight group. We're close. You give us just one more real needed piece. We'll be able to go. Now, actually, we're going to prepare for four years down the road, actually. That's what we're going to do. Huh. So everybody thought that that was what it was, and that's why he came out and said, it's not Jordan Love. I assume, though, that is just another layer on the cake of what the fuck is going on in Aaron's mind with the way the Green Bay Packers operate versus everybody else. And I would assume since he's become, you know, and I'll say friendly uh, with Brett Favre. I don't know if they're friends, okay? Because uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm the right person to talk about that relationship because I have no idea. I did see Aaron and Brett together down in the Bahamas and that was like two to three minutes after I watched Brett Favre uh, take out his driver and hit a golf ball 475 yards. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, copper all over him. Mm -hmm. Vascularity popping, looked like Popeye. He absolutely bombed a golf ball. And then Aaron and Brett were talking, and I actually even mentioned, like, hey, this is cool or whatever. And they they kind of, I think they both had to put aside their differences, and they came together now. They, you know, time heals all wounds, they say. But I would assume Aaron even thought to himself, like, what about what they did with Brett? Like, you know, like, they drafted me, obviously, let me do this thing. But it feels like there has just always been this long history of how things go in Green Bay. And it might be because there is no owner, by the way. There is no one person who's in charge that says, hey, this is my team. And this, this person, we're doing this with this. We're going to do it right by this. We're going to do it right by this. We're not just going to think about, okay, how do we maintain uh, just whatever our vision is for the next four years, whatever it is. It's going to be like, hey, this is a place with humans in it. This isn't a video game this is actually real life and the team the chemistry the people and by the way the quarterback matter in that entire situation it's just very fascinating i don't think we're ever going to find out who wants what until what what happens yeah that mm -hmm. makes sense mm -hmm. if you listen to it back i don't know if aaron knows how this is going to work out i don't know if the packers have any idea if they know like how this is going to work out i think it's fascinating kenny main said a couple times like there people are going to be mad this is not what they're going to want to hear <laughs> i while i was watching it i was like kenny people are going to be mad yeah. very 
But literally, I don't think there is a right answer for either side right now because they have no clue what's going on. Uh, the boys are here at Boston Connor, at Ty Schmidt. Ty, Packers fan, you watched Kenny Main last night. I would assume, by the way, with the way your brain works, you were also a Kenny Main fan growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. So watching that last Sports Center, it was a little piece of uh, nostalgia for mm-hmm. all of us, I think. But the interview, what were your thoughts and all together on Kenny Main as well, if you want? Uh, it, w- it was disheartening, obviously. Like, I, I, re- I mean, I don't think anyone really expected him him to go on there and drop some huge bombshell I mean maybe he would have but I kind of figured it was going to be like that you know they would kind of just trade you know jabs and bits back and forth uh but it just like I don't know you look at it and it's like you said like we just there's no end in sight like deadlines create decisions I guess so we'll like once you know June 1st comes out we'll we'll figure more about this but it just nothing new happened that we didn't already know. And like, to your point again about, you know, like I I hadn't even thought of this, but like they get rid of, you know, his quarterbacks coach who he really likes, who you, you assumed in most situations, like if you have an elite quarterback, I feel like at most teams, that guy would have a say in who his quarterbacks coach is. Exactly. Like, so it's just like, I don't know. You hear more about this stuff and we've been following it the whole time. So it's not like anything's new, but it is just disheartening because you, you know, time heals all wounds. You just, you hope that, okay, he's get, he's got away from the whole thing. He's on vacation. He's enjoying himself. Maybe, you know, there can be like a meeting of the minds, but it doesn't seem like that's anywhere near close. Now, Stephen A. Smith said this morning, and by the way, we are all Stephen A. Smith fans over here. So when Stephen A. speaks, I think it's coming from somewhere. He's been around a long time. He makes... A lot of money for good reason, by the way. He is a conversation starter. Who knows how everybody feels about him at all times. Whatever here, we enjoy what Stephen A. Smith does. Okay, I actually asked the NFL to include Stephen A. in the MVP video announcement for Aaron Rodgers in the social thing because of how big of a fan I am and we are of Stephen A. And I just think he works his ass off, which is really cool. But he came in uh, this morning on first take and he said, I have on good authority. And then Max even popped in there and said, hey, no, this one, Stephen A. says on good authority. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's gospel. (laughs) You better be listening. Yeah. You know what that means? (laughs) I found that very funny. I was like, okay, so in the production meeting beforehand, they, 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 Stephen A. told Max, they told, like, hey, this is what I was told by who. And then uh, Max was like, in his head, he's like, well, I'm going to make sure motherfuckers know this yeah. is coming from a real good spot. Double down. I'm like, hey, whenever he says it, he says, I have on good authority that Aaron Rodgers walked into an office and they told him basically shut up and play. Like, Whew. hey, we'll worry about this. You play. Now, listen, I don't think. Every football player should be able to have say in the decisions that are made in billion-dollar franchises and teams and everything like that, okay? I don't think every player should have that. I I don't think anybody other than a quarterback position in the NFL should have any say in – not yet. Maybe Aaron Donald. Like, if Aaron Donald decides, mm-hmm. like, hey, I would like to make yeah. some dis- – like, I think you have to earn your way into that conversation. I got a chance to watch it with Peyton, obviously. Uh, Andrew, I wanted Andrew to do more of that, actually. I think that was something a lot of us in the locker room that saw Peyton operate wish that Andrew – like, hey, Andrew, like, you're – you can go in there and say, no, I want this guy. No, I want this guy. You can do that type of stuff. We didn't tell him that, obviously, because we're kicker and punter Vinatieri. We should not say that. But we thought that while watching Andrew. Like, wish he had a little bit more asshole in him. Wish wish he had a little bit more, Now nah, we're not doing that. Why not? Because I don't want to do it. I'm fucking your quarterback. Mm-hmm. If I don't want it, 
We don't want it. This is just how it's going to go. I'm not going to abuse my power, but there's going to be a couple things here that if I say, like Griff Whalen, for instance, him and Andrew, whenever Griff was on the field, if there was a third down that we needed, Griff Whalen might have been just activated the day before to play on special teams. If Griff Whalen made his way onto the field, Griff Whalen was getting the ball on third down for a first down because he had been doing that at Stanford for three years straight and he was his roommate or whatever. So, like, that's one of those decisions where I wished Andrew knew what he was able to do. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish Andrew knew that he the power that he really did have if he wanted to have it. Now, with that being said, Peyton and we wished Andrew, and Andrew wasn't like that, by the way. Andrew was just a, hey, let's play football. I'm here to play football. They make the decisions. I'm just focusing on football, which is cool, 100% cool. I wish he would have been a little bit more of an asshole, but he was just super nice, great teammate. Good, but I wish he was a little bit more demanding. We had an owner, though. So, like, if Peyton really wanted something, I assume he would walk right to Jim Irsay's office and he would say, hey, this is how this is going down. Or is he would probably do it a little bit more diplomatically. Hey, is there any way we could potentially do this instead of doing that? And Jim, brother, parts. <laughs> what's going on? Why? Oh, the guys are mad. Oh. You know, like there, there's yeah. like there's that situation that can happen. Now, Mark Murphy acts as the owner, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. He acts as the owner, but he he does it. He does not. He is not the owner. So I guess you would hope that Aaron would be able to walk into Marks and say, hey, is there any way that we can try this instead of this? Is there any way we could try this instead of this? And at this point, I think Aaron has earned the ability to have that conversation. And there's some other people who've come out and said, like, that's not how the NFL works or whatever. Like, maybe not for you, motherfucker. You're not a Mount Rushmore in the history of the NFL. Yeah. This is Aaron Rodgers. I, Tom Brady, by the way, he was one of the main reasons why he was like, I'm done with this. By the way, he goes down to Tampa. They win a Super Bowl as soon as they start listening to him. Just, yeah. just something. Now, Bruce Arians said, shit, if Tom asked me he doesn't want to throw him with Tom. Hey, Tom, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Listen, we're going to work here. We need to know the offense. We got to do that. But hey, if you want this, because BA said, I know who the top two wide receivers are going to be. If he wants to pick three, four, and five, that's cool with me, but I know who the top two are or whatever. I'll let Tom do that or whatever. Like, that's the relationship, I think, that everybody around the NFL who is a super duper face of a franchise elite quarterback going to be in the hall of fame. Definitely would like to be able to have those conversations because ultimately at the end of the day, it's that person on the field trying to make the play. That is that person on the field who has to take and be basically, I mean, the coach gets it as well, but the quarterback is the one that's going to be judged ultimately on all of the decisions that are made around him. The quarterback position is one it's called the greatest team sport in the world because there are so many different people that are involved on a team from the kicker and punter to a safety linebacker to a nose tackle. I mean, just you get it. It is a combination of efforts of a lot of people and they all have to be in sync for something to happen. Mark Schlereth told us that for a number one wide receiver to get the ball, uh, the center needs to snap the ball. The tackles need to protect the quarterback, and the quarterback needs to accurately deliver a pass for the number one wide receiver to get the ball. Number one wide receiver, very, 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 very important, okay? Everybody else, very, very, very important. But when you talk about the quarterback position, they are judged solely on their wins and losses, which is such a better indicator of the team around them than it is about them themselves. Now that the quarterbacks have learned this, they've seen this, this is now how everybody's going to be judged on how everything works. My leg legacy is going to be defined by the number of I do this, I do this. I've worked my ass off since I was a kid to get to this point. Now we're talking about how we'll be written in the 
history books and everything like that, you could see how guys would be like, is there any way we can get this guy in here? Is there any way we can keep this guy here? Why? Love him. Mm -hmm. Don't overpay him, but love this guy. You could see how somebody would finally get to the point where they go, the fuck's going on, dude? And that's the world we live in. Old school people hate this. Players play, coaches coach. It's like that was cool in high school and little league, but this is adults now where a lot of money is made. And by the way, there's a lot of football IQ. Aaron, I think, is is he older than LaFleur? Uh, I don't think so. Close to LaFleur's age. Aaron's been in the NFL longer than LaFleur's been in the NFL. So let's assume that his brain is also a pretty good one when it comes to decisions, when it comes to playing football. So the people that say, like, no, you're just supposed to do this, you're supposed to do this. Cool. I think there are players that just enjoy doing that, and that is a way to go about it. But whenever you're invested, you want your quarterback, by the way, to want to make decisions. Like you should want Aaron to want to be involved in like, hey, this is this is better for all of us. This is better for all Packers. This is better for our building. This is better for our team. Curly Lambeau right now would be pumped about everything that's going on right now if we do a couple of these things. And instead, the answer, it seems like we don't know personally, is like, uh, keep your stupid shit to yourself. You're talking about one of the smartest players in the history of the game. Like smart as in football cerebral he's the host of fucking jeopardy yeah i mean like smart guy let's assume his opinion should carry weight and if you were somebody that was in charge and john lynch said this about kyle shanahan he said uh ultimately in the contract it says that i the gm make the final decision but if i'm picking a quarterback i would be very stupid to not ask Kyle Shanahan, what his thoughts are on the quarterback. So this is very much a group effort. And that's what you want to see, right? You want to see somebody in charge who's okay with listening to other people's ideas or opinions. And I think if Aaron Rodgers has an idea on what wide receiver he likes throwing the fucking ball to, I would assume that he would like to be heard about that. And if you were somebody who's making a decision, why would you not listen to the guy who has to make the throws, who's been here for 16 years, who you've paid a lot of money, who's one of the face of the, the Packers at this point, and he's also the guy ultimately who's going to have to work with this person. Yes. Why would you not want to unless you were just a stubborn... I don't want to say narcissist, but stubborn person no, who thinks that mm-hmm. they're like a, they know smarter than everybody else. Which I guess maybe that's how what you have to feel if you're a general manager in the NFL or president in the NFL. Well, and I guess like if you don't have an owner, you know that ego can kind of get inflated to like you start thinking like, well, I'm the de facto owner of this team, you know. But it is like that's what's so irritating, and frustrating is because he's not asking for like autonomous power. It's just like, hey, I just want to sit at the table. I just want to be able to throw my two cents. And I don't think if he doesn't get, you know, what he wants on every single, you know, like he's not asking for roster control. And you go back to how public it was after Lafleur got hired. He kind of just said, you know, he had just come off like this rough ending with Mike McCarthy. He's like, hey, I just, I'd like to be involved in, or at least know who you guys are going to interview. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. And the quote that came out from Mark Murphy was just like, hey, you can't be the problem. Like, just don't be the problem. So, and then, by the way, people were talking as if Mark Murphy was right there. Like, yeah, Aaron is the problem because there's, what, two, three teammates that Aaron didn't get along with or whatever, and they've gone to the media and said that painted the picture of this yeah. guy being a terrible guy, and he has chosen to never answer. Right. Which I think the people who probably don't like him should respect a lot more that he refused to bow down to bullshit stories about him and decided to kill them with indifference. Mm -hmm. He actually told us that. First question I had for him when I met him down in the Bahamas, first time we ever sat down and like chatted. We had followed each other. We had followed each other on the internet, on Twitter. You know, we had a relationship, but we had never sat down. Shaking hands. And chat or whatever. Mm -hmm. So 
five, 10 minutes, we're talking. I feel like, okay, we're comfortable. He gets me, I get him. We know each other, right? We follow each other. We know each other. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we know. He, he knows a lot more about me. I don't know much about him, but I feel like I can say something. I was, why don't you ever, I literally just, why don't you ever come out and say like, hey, that's bullshit or whatever. And he was like, I have to answer everything that's ever said about me. Like, it's not, that's not something I want to do. I decided long ago, I'll just kill him with indifference or something like that. And I'm like, I wish you would have came out a long time ago and said that you were just going to kill him with indifference because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a great line. I would have loved hearing that. But also in doing so, which is a respectful move, by the way, I respect it. Just like, hey, I ain't got the time to deal with the bullshit. Like, I, I don't have time to deal with it. And those things all mount up, especially with the way the Internet is. So they all kind of combine on each other. Snowball effect. They just kind of go and go and go. And he was just like, no, nah, I don't really. I'm not fucking answering any of that. I, I don't. What they make something up and I got to come be their little puppet? I ain't doing mm -hmm. that. Like no I, I have so much respect for that. And the people that probably hate him, if they heard that that is how he, they would almost have more respect for him than they ever imagined. And I think that's why our conversations with him this year were so important. Like I'm a big fan of the NFL, massive. I'd say probably. I mean, I'm not dressing up and putting my face putting, paint. Yeah, all that. I'm not <laughs> doing that. Okay, I'm not. I don't understand that, but. I feel like I watch more football than any human at this point. Like more NFL football during the season. I, I literally try to watch every single game. Yeah. Now, like I don't watch the Red Zone channel because I think they are a communist organization, maybe even terrorist organization, who tried to eliminate a hardworking individual who is also accomplishing their dreams. The punter, they never fucking show it unless it's a punt return. Then what? We're just dancing on the graves of the punter. So I think it's a terrorist organization. So I will not watch it. But also, you can't get the flow of games. And it's very difficult to watch eight games at once, too, by the way. It is very difficult. You don't really get the flow anyways. But I love the NFL. Absolutely love it. I, there's a lot of other people out there that do as well. That's why the NFL is the NFL. But I absolutely, as a fan of the NFL, watching Aaron Rodgers play, it's like, hey, I'm a fan of that fucking guy. Every player you hear speak, by the way, in every sport, they're like, Aaron Rodgers is a G. Like, yeah. that, that guy is a guy, right? Every NBA players come out and say it. Uh, I assume NHL guys, they never talk. They'll come out and say it. But Aaron is a guy I think a lot of people respect. I would like to see him, you know, continue to do his thing. And I can't wait for him to finally earn potentially the conversation of like, Hey, I'd like this guy to stick around a little bit. I like throwing mm -hmm. the ball to him. Right yeah, now. and to the thing with the whole front office and his relationship, like it's one thing not to go get Will Fuller, but it's another thing to cut Kumaro and get rid of his QB coach and do all this other shit where it's like, hey, you can just keep these guys around just to make this guy happy if you really want it. What to. about Jordy Nelson? Yes. Yeah. Now, Jordy went to Oakland and did not um, – play his best football i guess he potentially yeah. got hurt or whatever Banged up. so everybody's just gonna say like he was he was done or whatever i guess he really 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 wanted to stay at green bay <laughs> i yeah i would assume so i mean I, like literally that you know in the last however many years like when he got cut like Packers fans were devastated well and aaron was too i yeah, guess I, from what for we've sure. heard but that i asked some people who know aaron you know and i'm like what is it? And they're like, well, the first thing that pops in their head, they're like, ah, oh, like Jordy was like his guy. Like mm -hmm. him and Jordy were guy guys, those two. We remember it. He was begging to stay, took zero money, was like, I'll take nothing, just I want one more year or whatever. And they're like, yeah, get the fuck out of town, pal. Mm -hmm. and he went and took $10 million from Oakland or yeah. whatever and got yeah. hurt or whatever. It's just like, yeah, oh, I'm like, oh, okay. I could see how if it's your guy, like Andrew Luck, if TY, right? Andrew Luck and TY. I wonder if Andrew 
if that would have been what would have made Andrew come out and be like, no, 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 we're going to keep this guy. Mm -hmm. If he's willing to take no money, so this is not a cap hit at all, and he's a guy that I've made highlights with for the last fucking 10 years together, and he wants one more year, we're going to do that. You know? That's one of those things. And then that, and then there's like, then they go, and then also, and then this, and then this, and then this, and it's like, oh, okay. So this has just been like a, like an axe, basically just chopping at a tree here. Yeah. Keep chopping, you know? Keep chopping Shauna, man. And look what T.Y. said about why he's still an indie. Because the owner called him and said, yeah, hey, yeah. how are we going to get this done? People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30. And testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No. Uh-oh. Minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30. And the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. <laughs> One of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, <laughs> I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients you hear this aj roman's Mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function they formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients getting started is simple just go to getroman.com usa their supplement contains vitamin d3 zinc magnesium maca and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Joining us now, a man who is a college national champion, now a Super Bowl champion, bouncing back from an Achilles last year, ladies and gentlemen, stud tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, OJ Howard. Yeah! yeah! What's up, dude? How you doing, man? There you go. What's up? What's up? What's up, Pat? How you doing, man? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. I appreciate this so much. Thank you for taking time out of the day and joining us. First time getting to chat. Uh, congrats on everything. How's the rehab? How's the Achilles? How do we feel going forward? Man, first of all, I appreciate you for having me on the show, man. Uh, everything's going good. 90% right now, man. Uh, the recovery's going well. I'm just grinding, rehabbing every day, so it's going really good. What um what is the rehab like immediately? So the Achilles, I've seen this thing happen, right? I've seen the Achilles happen in practice, and it's described differently. It's like uh, some people say they hear a loud thud or a, a, a sound bind. Did you did that happen to you? Well, when I when I the um, 
my teammate Keyshawn, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn scored his first career touchdown. So it was loud. You know, it was a big touchdown in the game. So I didn't hear anything. I just felt it. It felt like a guy kicked me. So I turned around looking like, man, who kicked me? I tripped up. And uh, when I got to the sideline, I told the trainers, man, somebody kicked me in the back of my, uh, my, my foot. And he was like, man, nobody was around you on that play juice. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I remember what Kobe said, Kevin Durant said. Yeah. I knew then what it was, man. But it's, it feels just like that, like someone either shoot you or kick you in the leg. So you were able to walk your foot then dangle, or was it just you just were adrenaline just powering through as you walked yeah. over? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, adrenaline, adrenaline was just taking over because I, I started to put pressure on it, and I had the, the sensation never came back. So I was just limping, and I was on field goal extra point. We just scored a touchdown. So I'm telling the guys like, no, hey, somebody come get me. I'm not, I'm not staying on the field. And I limp off and I'm like, man, somebody kicked me in the back of my leg. And the trainer's like, no, bro. And I'm like, damn, I tore my Achilles. Yeah. Hey, I hate that it happened, but it is always interesting to hear because that injury is much different than everything else. Like the way it happens, sometimes it's non-contacted. Some people hear sound, it feels like they're kicked. And then all of a sudden it's one of the most devastating injuries there can be. Whenever you get in there and you have your surgery, what does the doctor say to you? How long is recovery? Are you back active running and everything like that at this point? And how's your mindset going into next season? Yeah, so the whole process was, uh, you know, it was COVID. So I wanted to go to Green Bay and go with Dr. Andrews. But I talked to him. He was like, hey, nowadays this surgery is, is, is man, you guys will bounce back 100%. So uh, nice. if there's a doctor you trust that can do it, and, and, and go with him. You know, you can come to me, but with COVID, man, you don't really have to. A lot of people know how to do the surgery. So it was only a 20-minute surgery. I was in there 20 minutes, came out, went home the same day. Um, but it's a six to eight month recovery. I'm now at, on month uh, eight right now. It's a six to nine month. I'm sorry. I'm on month eight. I'm running full speed, ninety uh, percent. So it's going along really well. Hey, shout out science, huh? They're just popping in fucking new Achilles out of nowhere. <laughs> hey, shout out, to- man. It's, it's crazy how they do it, man. It's crazy. Twenty minutes. Uh, did you? Um, did they give the countdown from ten seconds during the surgery? Whenever they gave uh, that uh, the night night sleep in there, what you get to? Anything good? It- Man, you know what? We were just talking casual. These guys started crowding me. I'm like, why are y'all crowding me? I'm like, uh, are we in a football locker room? They started laughing. Next thing you know, I'm asleep. Oh, dude, it is. <laughs> For people that have never got the surgery or had to experience surgery, congratulations, by the way. But they uh, they put that shit in. I don't know what. I don't know the exact name of it. Do we know what the name of that is? It's something. I don't know. But they're like anesthesia. This, anesthesia. And the doctors, every single doctor that I've gotten a surgery from, they talk shit to me too. They're like, Ah, you ain't gonna be able to handle this. I'm like, What are you talking about? They're like, Countdown from ten. You won't make it to six. I'm like, Ten, <laughs> nine, out. It's over. <laughs> it right, is. Right. It is <laughs> over. And then you get back out happy to hear you're back and ready to go we're talking to oj howard um oj you only got to play for four weeks last year right in the regular season yep. is that what happened that team i think down there hadn't figured it out yet offensively I, I think like kind of putting the pieces in there but with covid with no preseason games with no ability really to do much during the protocols it felt like it hadn't really got there whenever you guys were in those first couple weeks of the season did you know like hey there's too much talent around here for this not to start clicking or was there ever a time where it was like will we ever get to the point where we'll hit what will it be like next year did you ever was there ever that thought early in the season did you guys kind of know all along it was coming yeah it, it, man it was i mean that's the reality of it we never had a lot of time to uh to practice uh because of covid we couldn't be in the facility so it was like all right we got to figure it out got a training camp i mean tom does a great job of like you know having his his, his terminology and, and the way he want people to run routes so that helped us out a lot uh but 
you know, we had our struggles. It was it was a one day and it's documented, man. At practice on a Sunday, we threw we had offense had like so many turnovers, like fumbles, drop balls, all kind of stuff. And our coach two is out. And man, ever since then it clicked. You know what I mean? But it didn't roll over, like you said, until the season immediately. But I mean it just it was a process because nobody knew each other. A new quarterback that was with someone for twenty seasons. So I mean, it, it just took time, man. But like you said, we were just so talented that we all knew it's gonna click and then when it does we're going to be unstoppable. Hey, B.A.'s ass-chewings are pretty impressive, too. Was it B.A. or was it somebody else? B.A., man, like, <clears throat> I mean, I, not that particular day, but uh, it was one day in training camp. We weren't hustling or whatever, he said, and, and, and so literally he made all of us line up at the end of practice and run sprints, man, like progressions, like 10-yard <laughs> sprints. And then somebody jogged, run it again. He's cussing us out, ripping us. I mean, Tom's out there running with us. I'm looking down like, shit, Tom's running. I got to run. You know what I mean? So we all running, man. And I think that was a moment we knew, you know, our team, we got a bond, man. You know, our coach didn't take no slack from us, treat everybody the same. And like you said, he going to shoot, cuss you out no matter who you are. Well, I think that's why B.A. is always B.A., you know, and I think that's why all of his yeah. players respect him. You know, he's always, <laughs> exactly. he's always B.A. So it's like there's always going to be that respect there. And what you said in that last sentence there. By the way, the thought of him making you run like gassers like it's either college or high school is awesome. Just <laughs> That is so awesome to think about because in, in his head, he was like, oh, these motherfuckers think they're like and he, he was getting worked up almost like oh, these guys think they're big time or whatever. Make it happen. But you said something very important there. I think you said you looked down and you saw Tom running with you. Right. And I think that's the thing about Tom that doesn't get talked about enough. And what, I mean, I guess it is now at this point because of like it seems to be a much more positive Tom Brady press cycle now media cycle as opposed to it was for a long time but that whole thing in new england where he would sit in those team meetings they would laser bill would laser point tom and chew him out that immediately sets the tone to everybody like hey tom brady's getting fucking chewed out right now you all have to deal with it that is something that i think every building would want inside of it. it's like hey we want a guy like that as tom you think you were there before tom and now you're obviously there post tom has the entire building's culture, you think, potentially changed because Tom has come in there? Like, I'm talking athletic trainers, equipment, man. I'm talking everybody. As soon as he showed up, did you feel that? Is that something that's real? Real. Super real. You can feel it, man. I mean, it wasn't even me. It was guys that were there years before me. I played four years before he got there or three years before Tom came. So I knew the culture. And then as soon as he walked in the building, it felt like, I told people, I was just like, bro, this feel like Alabama to me. Like, we're coming in with the mindset. We're focused. Guys are ready to win. We're going on the field knowing we're about to probably go win. We're confident. We got the talent. I mean, Tom just brings a level of confidence to everybody, the way he carries himself. And then, most importantly, man, you know you got this guy on your side. You, we know what he do late in the games. You know what he's known for. So, I mean, everybody's confidence went up here. You don't want to mess up. You want to always get the ball. So, you're going to do what he asks. Like, come flat on the route. He don't need to tell me something five times for me to know it. He says it once, I'm remembering it. You know what I mean? So everybody took that mindset and we bought into it. I mean, it, it ultimately got us a Super Bowl and we're trying to go get number two, man. We will definitely talk about your time in Alabama because that place is so fascinating, I think, to everybody that watches football. Who knows how that place just continues to pump out just hey we're gonna be better than you this is just we're gonna get we're gonna get 45 people drafted we're gonna be better than you and this is just this is just how it's gonna go by the way it's a factory clemson you can come in trevor lawrence is gone now we're back all right <laughs> here we go we're gonna do this whole thing that's kind of what it, we will get to that uh but going into this next season you know coming off an achilles uh i would assume 
that you're pretty hungry. I would assume that this is a big time year for you. You got a chance to watch now, right? You got a chance first class or first front row seat to see what the team can do. Uh, Tom has talked openly about giving up two Super Bowl rings to get the perfect season back. He said, I would give away two Super Bowl rings if I could go and have that 17 and 0 season or that 20 and 0 season or whatever back. Has that something has that been something that's kind of rippled through maybe group text messages or whatever? It's like, hey, although we won, like th- this window's short. We don't know how long this window is. And there's only one other team in the history that's gone undefeated. I- is that even been something that's talked about or is it kind of just understood at this point? Uh, it's understood in my opinion. I, I know with me and my homeboys and people that I talk to, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> we, we haven't put in a group message yet with the teammates, but I'm, I'm telling my boys like, bro, like, look at our team, bro. Like, literally, we have one of the best teams of all time. I'm playing with Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris. I could go on and on. You know what I mean? So, it's like you look at the, the – on paper, it's like these guys really have a chance to do something really, really special, which is go undefeated, you know? But then most – if you do look at us on offense, that's cool. But when you look at our defense, they're elite. They are elite in defense winning championships. So, I mean, it's on us, you know what I mean? But we really got to buy in. It's going to be hard to do. But if, if it was to be a team to do it, I mean, we got we got we got the paper, man. We got it on paper to do it, bro. Hey, why not us, dude? Hey, why not us, man? Hey, why, why not? Why, hey, I see those bums popping champagne from the Dolphins team. <laughs> they didn't probably. They probably at some point thought, why not us? If and that's, I think that's been the coolest thing watching this offseason is the Giselle asked Tom, "What more do you have to prove?" or something like that, and then that was like the conversations, like, "What does Tom?" have to prove and then tom brady being tom brady he has somehow found a way to put something in there it's like well i mean i've one more name buddy i win everywhere i go oh but i haven't gone perfect yet okay oh, gotta go perfect yeah yep, and then it's like boom laser focus locked in here we go i'm gonna go perfect or try to at least that is very cool i'm sure you're enjoying the hell out of it I'm talking to oj howard tight end tampa bay buccaneers um there was a little bit of a report that you hated Gronk. You fucking hate him? You hate Rob Gronkowski? You want to fight him, OJ? You hate that guy? <laughs> I, I, I love that guy, man. That's my that's my boy, man. You Hey, listen, if you if you can ask him anything about me, he'll say, Juice, that's my guy, man. And, I mean, it never was a ever, you know what I mean? Because, you know, coming the whole mindset coming into uh, when, when he got picked up with our team, whatever, he got traded, whatever happened, we got a message immediately from Tom to all the tight ends that were already there, like, boom, you guys are going to love him. Look great, loving guy, hardworking, boom. And that was all we needed, man. And I, and I never even took it as a competition. I knew, um, you know, in my career I was young, had a lot of injuries come. You know, I, I needed to grow as a player. I said, what better way for a young player to get behind Gronk and be a sponge? And that's all I did last year, man. I was on the road, bro. I was having a great year, man. Unfortunately, I had an injury. Um, but, you know, I, I, Gronk, he's cool, man. He makes our room so fun. I mean, the coach can't do nothing with him. We, we're always joking. I mean, how could you hate on a guy like that? Okay, so you, that kind of got blown out of proportion then completely. Whenever it, you, you had to have seen Absolutely. it. Did you see it out there? See see what? Like the drama, whenever they brought in Gronk. Oh, O.J. Howard's not happy that Gronk was brought in. Did mm-hmm. you see all that? Or oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because the, the typical mindset of a person would be they're coming in to replace me. I, I didn't do that, man, because I knew the year before it was 2019, my first year in the offense, we were typically blocking a lot in, as a tight end in that offense. So I was like, shit, man, this is an opportunity for Grunt to come in and help me be able to take yeah. some of the load off of me. 
And it, I, I couldn't complain about that. It was a big load. I was playing 60, 70 plays a game, and 50 of those were run plays. So I needed someone to come in and take the load off me. And he, and he helped me out, bro. And hey. so, I, you know, I, so I loved it. Hey, Juice, you're playing tackle out there. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the yeah. NFL. Yes, sir. Uh, let's talk about Alabama. What is it? Why is it? How is it? What is, like, why, why is Alabama Alabama, OJ? Man, it's, it, it's, it's ultimately like the – it's like the epitome of of a football university literally like when i was i, I committed in 11th grade i committed early i got an offer in, in july july the 18th hey you were a stud in high school hey juice hey Ju- you were a stud in high school huh ah man, I, I was pretty good man <laughs> <laughs> i was pretty good i could imagine so, but, I, but 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 i mean i was in there with my parents and they didn't even know they were like uh i was at the camp as a, as a as a high schooler and someone pulled me and said hey man you don't need to do the camp Coach Saban saw enough, come upstairs, he want to talk to you. So I'm like, oh, it's about to happen, probably. <laughs> so I go up there with my parents, he offers me, and before he can get out of his mouth, we're going to, uh, I commit. Like, oh, whoa, 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 this is not how it works, you're supposed to think about it. My parents are looking at me like, what are you talking about? We don't know about this. I'm coming here right now, coach. He's like, you sure? I promise. So, man, that's all you need to know, bro. But Bama, I mean, we're going against the best players every day, so it prepares you for the next level, bro. Coach Saban the same way, he treats everybody the same. Coaches get chewings. Players get chewings, equipment staff, training staff. It don't matter, you know. So we got we got a whole bun at Bama, man, and we just want to win. So uh, if you want to win a championship, be a part of a great organization, commit to University of Alabama. I mean, they don't need more recruiting help. Yeah, all right, fucking take it yeah. easy. I'm not turning <laughs> this platform into a pandering. You hear me? Like that? You cannot use this as a recruiting tool for Alabama. Not that. Every championship game isn't one. The 30 for 30 docs, the videos that get displayed of what happens in that locker room, the barbershop, the spa, the sauna, the lounge. I mean, that place is, it seems like a dreamland. If you're look, like, hey, I'm looking to make the NFL. I'm looking to learn, get better, compete. It feels like that is what everybody who, you know, ultimately yeah. ends up succeeding in the NFL is looking to do. They're looking to compete and get better. It just feels like that culture is would survive Saban? Saban leaves, you think it will survive? Say that one more time. If Saban leaves, you think it'll survive? Alabama still continues? It's hard to say, man. Oh, it's hard to say, man. Wow. It, no, no, it's hard to say because it is, because you can ask any coach that was that coach for him or, or worked under him and players that played under him. It's him. It's, it's him. It's his culture. He brought right. that to Bama. So I don't know if you can bring in another coach and have the same type of, you know, the same type of of, of, of leverage and what coach could do and get away with. You, when Coach Saban say something to you, it don't matter how he say or what he say, you're going to do it because you know what comes with it. You know, all right, we're going to do, uh, we're going to go extra day of practice. We're going to go longer today. We're going to run sprints at the end of practice. You ain't going to complain. You're going to be like, all right, coach, I'll do it. Because I know we're going to win a championship at the end of the year, so it's worth it, man. I don't know if another coach can come in and pull that card for, and you're not showing the results with the championships. I just don't know if it can happen. So, you know, that's the type of thing whenever you don't have the resume, but you act, yep. you act like somebody who does because you have seen the way this person acts. And then you're supposed to go in there and fill in that spot. You don't have the resume or the credibility to act exactly how that person acts. And as soon as that happens, you lose everybody. I, 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 got, I got a chance exactly. to watch it. You lose everybody immediately. That can change. Like you just got to hope that the hiring process goes through well. And there's been enough guys that have gone through Alabama, saved their coaching careers, and gone elsewhere. You would just hope that they'd be able to get in there. If I'm from – who's the biggest rival? Nobody? 
<sighs> yeah, nope, nah, nobody really, man. But if you want to just go by paper and go by the fans, you got to give it to Auburn. You got to see Auburn. Okay, so I mean, if, I'm because- an, if I'm an Auburn booster, oof. I'm going to Saban with a hundred million. Hey, yeah, yeah. Will you fucking retire already, dude? What else do you have to prove? And then Saban's like, nobody's gone perfect five straight years. That's what I'm gonna mm-hmm. try. I talk about. <laughs> Connor, what do you have? Yeah, OJ. I'm assuming you're not going just because of rehab and stuff. But how do you feel about uh, tight end university and you know the spotlight they're putting on the tight end position? Man, it's dope. You know, I actually was gonna pull up, man, but you know, I talked to George last week. He hit me up, invited me. I told him. Unfortunately, man, I got the trip booked with the wifey. Going out of town, man, vacation, got to take it. Um, can't turn that down. So, um, But it's but it's a cool deal um, that they're doing. I think it's going to be a lot of learning. Um, a lot of great tight ends going to be there. I really, really wanted to go, man, but it was literally the same weekend I had already booked my vacation a can't. long time ago. Hey. So so I, I had to pass. I told George I'll be there next year, though. I love Nashville, but, dude. I got a fucking vacation. Going on vacation. Tulum, bro. Tulum, Mexico. You ever been, Pat? I've never been to Tulum, Mexico. I have been to Mexico, though. Good time down there. The Mexicans like to have a great time. That's what I've learned. They are very hospitable down there. Yes, sir. Peep this. I went two weeks ago, and I'm going back in June. So that should tell you enough right there. Oh, Tulum. That's a spot, huh? Tulum. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going back. I'm going back within less than a month, bro. That's that's all you need to know. It's a great time. <laughs> what do you like to do as uh, other than go to Tulum, Mexico? Uh, you a video gamer? You what? Do, what do you do in the off time? I'm a hunter, man. I hunt a little bit. A little turkey hunt during turkey season. Ooh. Deer hunt when I get a chance. Uh, fish a little bit. And I, I get on a video game every now and again. But I'm definitely, man. I, I like to get out there and hunt, man. Where are you from originally? I'm from Alabama. I'm originally from Bama. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's so, why you were yeah. like, I'm going Alabama. You're Yeah, I mean, when, when he asked me that question, when, when Coach Saban asked me that question, it, I, but I, I grew up with Auburn fan, to be honest. But when Coach, when Nick Saban, oh. yeah, so, so, that, Pat, so I'm telling you, bro, it was a big controversy in my hometown. They're like, this kid, been an Auburn fan all his life, all of a sudden, he commits to Alabama. This kid just won an Auburn jersey two, three weeks ago. Yeah, no, You know what I mean? Burning. But it's like one of those things where you got to put your pride to the side. Forget about being an Auburn fan growing up. When this man, Nick Saban, asked you to come play for him, you say, yeah. You know, in my opinion, you say, yeah, because I knew that it was going to get me ready for the next level. And I had to go do what's best for me. And yeah, paid off. Hey, listen, Auburn will still have their fans. Okay. Yeah. And Auburn yeah, I mean, could have yeah. got you too. They chose, hey, that's on them. That's, that, right. that, that's not right. on that's not on you. That's on them. Tell your town to kick rocks, pal. All right, go ahead, Ty. OJ, you talked about practicing against the best guys, you know, every day at Alabama. Do you remember the like your welcome to the NFL moment though, when you're like, oh shit, these guys either they're hitting a lot harder than they do in the SEC or they're a little faster or a little quicker. Like, do you remember that exact moment? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm literally a rookie, and I'm going against uh, Jerry McCoy. So I'm not going against one hole one, but I I think I had to go down on on a down block and try to like double team to the backside wheel, and this dude just literally just move out of the way. I'm like, dang. <laughs> and then and then later on in that practice, I get like a little screen or whatever, and I think I'm taking off for like showing my little speed. I ran a four or five flat at the combine. I'm Ooh. thinking I'm running fast. I, I see D linemen and defensive ends are right on my tail. I'm like, hold on, these dudes too fast. <laughs> so that that was my wake up just in practice the first couple of weeks. And then we had hard knocks my first year there in Tampa as a rookie. So all of that was just, you know, it was it was fun to be there first year, man. And people fast. And, and, it, and that was my wake up call, man. Seeing big old D lineman run me down, trying to run me down from behind. Was that when you guys were having the kicker problem down there? Right? Yeah, that was the uh, that was the storyline of that. Right. Off, right? Yeah. yeah, that was my that was my rookie year, man. We had uh, yeah, we had a, 
a couple of kids. We had like Roberto and all those guys on the team. Yeah. Happy you guys got that figured out. Could you imagine having that team and then the specialist just fucking it up? I mean, that would be, a, <laughs> and that could happen, by the way. That is not good for the brand if that was to happen. Yeah. That would not be good for all of us. So I'm happy they figured it out. OJ, yeah, you, you're an incredibly cool dude, Juice. I appreciate you for stopping by, man. Hey, I appreciate you, brother. I, um, I, 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 like I said, I appreciate you letting me on the show, man. I'm a, I'm a fan, bro. I had to hop on here, man. I had to hop on. Hey, well, you know we're down in Tampa, I think, for the next couple months. If we're down there, we'll link up. Uh, I won't fish or shoot anything, but we can eat some shit together. You know what I mean? Hey, we're going to link up. We can do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, OJ Howard. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, as he does every single day, Mr. AJ Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. AJ. AJ, what's going on, dude? I might have gotten invited into the Illuminati, and I had to hang up on him. I, I, I just saw that, so... Who was Lonnie sitting with? You know, like he hung up pretty quickly. He knew, he didn't want this public. Dude. No, I hung up on him, but it was close faced, so uh, it did appear as if he was in a place with other people, though. So that was potentially like, a, hey, want somebody to say hello? Yeah, Coocher. Fucking the dude from that '70s show. Yeah, yeah. Ashton huh? wants to say hello. Oh, yeah. Where's my car, dude? Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Business. I it was mobile. Matt. I thought, Tony Matt uh, I thought Connor was talking about Matt Coocher, the golfer. Matt Kuchar might be in there too. That guy fucking has a lot of, of guys. Clock. You're not going to be able to beat either. Okay, listen. You can keep. You haven't named off 49 guys yet. Nope. Who are all going to decide to show up at the exact same tournament when we're all 60 some years of age? So whenever you do that, then I'll start to doubt myself a little bit. I'm not going to until then. Actually, Phil Mickelson has inspired me. He's hitting the ball 366 at the age of 50. Yeah. He he's got no ass. Woo. Imagine <laughs> when I learn how to use the driver. I mean, I'm going to be able to hit that. Maybe 400 yards whenever yeah, I'm 50 probably. years old. Maybe 50. maybe 450 in this whole thing. Yeah, you're right. Uh, do, you, do you think if you're able to hit it 450, it'll go straight? Well, when I dis- when it does, I'll decide to do the tournament. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay, good. All right, then, then it's, it's, there it is. That's all we need. That's all I need to know. Then I, I'm sorry that I doubted you ever in this whole situation. All right, all right listen, maybe I won't <laughs> hit the ball 400 yards. Okay, maybe. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's right. a chance. There's a chance that won't happen. You hear me? But Maybe. I'm, I'm going to get <laughs> You have been stretching though, right? I have been. I've been in a full stretch routine in my mm, Oculus. Yeah. I've been in a room getting stretched in there. You know, they can't pull me, but it looks like they're trying. So I think it's like a placebo almost. You know, I get a deeper <laughs> stretch in there. I'm getting loose, pal. Golf simulator's going in new office. I'm playing 36 to 72 holes a day. Yeah. You got no shot. It'll be over before we can even start. Let's talk about something that was over before it even started. Aaron Rodgers on Kenny Main last night. Did you watch it live? Have you watched it since? And your takeaway. Didn't really learn anything new, but still hammered home. A very important part of this is like love teammates, love coaches. Just feels like there's been some shit that's gone on. This has been a continuing message, I feel like. But he did elaborate a little bit more with old Kenny Main, who's a legend last night. Yeah, he did. I didn't. I actually forgot this was happening live. I, I saw it this morning and, and watched everything oh. and read it all. Uh, yeah, it didn't say a whole lot. I, I thought Kenny did a great job. Keep going, continue to go at him and keep coming after him and just being honest. Like that's Kenny is very, very good. So I give him a lot of credit for this. Well, and that's uh, kind of what we said at the beginning of this. By the way, it was like, hey, Kenny, they were celebrating as if something was over. It's like I think he's. I think the internet and Kenny are going to get along just fine. But with that, if he's going on the internet, I don't know, maybe he'll go to another network. I'm not 100% sure. I would like to see Kenny use his brain 
and create awesome shit on the internet. I think we would all be very appreciative and it'll do well. Businesses will see it and support it, hopefully. And he'll just be bigger than he ever was in the last 10 years or whatever. But whenever he's talking, I think Kenny and Aaron both know how that conversation is going to go going into it, right? Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think they, yeah, there's there's mutual respect there both ways. So they have an idea of, uh, of how they're going to navigate it. And Kenny, Kenny's one of the, yeah. I, would, I just, I enjoyed how he kept going after and yeah that's not what we're here for Aaron that's not what they want <laughs> they are not going to be happy they are not because Aaron's pouring on genuine compliments as did Marshawn and Sue and everybody like that because I don't think um you know this could this could go one of two ways this conversation here I don't think there's some people that are making decisions at places the places that we held near and dear to our hearts as sports fans for a long long time there's people that are currently holding the reins of the horses that are running in the sports world at the networks and they don't have a fucking clue where to go you know what I mean they're those people and I, it's not because they're bad people I think they're just dumb you know and that that's like and this is not just because of my experience it's because a lot of decisions that are made that I see and I'm like Oh, come on, man. Like, I love sports. Love. I love sports. Absolutely love them. Love the NFL more than everything else. I love competition. I love sports. I like the characters that are in sports. I am sports stooge. Day in, day out. Always have been. Never saw a Disney movie as a kid. Never fucking played any video games. Didn't watch TV. Literally just did sports all day. At night, I would watch Monday Night Raw, okay, in Sports Center, mm -hmm. right? In Sports Center, the highlights, the personalities, the way it was covered, and what ESPN was for so long for all of us, you know, it, it evolved and it turned into different decisions. And you could tell that there was potential narratives that were trying to get placed, both things that were great for the world and also potentially making sports something that, you know, is no longer a unifier. And I think like Kenny Maine. In, I'm not saying this, this isn't new information, but with my experience with these decision makers, and I'm not saying I'm anywhere near Kenny Main's level, okay? I, I, I do not believe that at all, but just the conversations that I've had directly, and I'm not sure that a lot of people have those conversations directly as much as I do. Like, I, I think I have a lot more direct conversation. I think there's a lot of agents that do a lot of conversation. Me, because, you know, I've had to kind of do my thing. Barstool was the only place that offered me anything whenever I retired. They're the only ones that wouldn't do any business with me at all. Everybody else basically said no quicker than anything. But after talking to these people, it's just like, and then here and they asked Kenny Mayne to take a 61% pay cut. It's like, yo, what? This is sports, dude. Like, sports are a celebration. Like, this dry humor Comedy guy, Kenny Maine, has endeared himself to every community in the country. Every community loves Kenny. Kenny Maine's good in any hood, I mm -hmm. was told by a lot of people in the locker room when talking about people that are potential personalities and stuff like that. And them just say, like, get the fuck out, bro. It's like, that's what are you, you just don't get it, you know? So well, it's they, kind of they don't, but you know? Hey, unfortunately for Kenny Maine, though, Sports Center is not like it was, where people would legit have to watch to see what happened to the games that they You care have about. to evolve. I think you have yeah. to evolve. They had to evolve. You're out of And he has. Kenny has. Kenny can do anything. He has shown that he can do anything and evolve with the internet, but I don't know if a job as a Sports Center anchor. Like, they're probably sitting there like, hey, no one really cares like they used to about these anchors. Yeah, I would assume that, yeah, Kenny cannot get paid the amount of money he was making just to be a sports center like anchor. SVP, whatever SVP's gig is, he's like at midnight every night. He is, people pay attention, they tune in for him. But for other things on ESPN, I'm not. That's not a slight to anybody there. You're tuned in to watch the highlights and watch what happened in games. Yeah, and I think also with the way 
content is consumed now, it, you, have, you have to evolve. But I think that somebody could have thought of at least, what, 10 to 15 ideas for Kenny Mayne to do? Oh, to yeah, make, for sure. To make whatever he's being paid, not only just like you get it in return, but also probably with Kenny Mayne, I'd assume there are a lot of companies that were he's good in every single walk of life. Like that is what companies dream. There had to have been something where you could get creative and be like, oh, here's an idea. We can try to, you know, make this. And we have access to clips and highlights and state of the art everything. So we should be able to make this absolutely incredible. But instead it's like, uh, we don't know what to do. Get the fuck out of here. So. Well, and the thing he did, like the main event, those used to be like nine to like 11 minute Perfect. like pieces. Like, yeah. you, you know, like it, they're basically like short films. I mean, like. But they, maybe he didn't want to do it. Yeah, maybe, maybe, possibly. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but the pay cut, it's like, hey, you just offer Skip Bayless seven yeah. and a half million dollars. Yeah. Like, whoa, why, you can't well, get 10% of that? Thing. That's the evolved thing. By the way. We're all about anybody making four and a half million to do whatever. I'm all about whoever making whatever somebody deems them to be worth. But whenever somebody else has to potentially take a slight, then you automatically have to start like, oh, so they like that more than that, which is cool because they both can be great. But also, let's not just cut that completely out, though. Like, hey, we need that type of voice. And maybe they'll find a younger version. Maybe they'll move on. But Kenny Mayne had a hell of a run. And I do like the fact that in his dry sense of humor fashion, he did try to get things out of Aaron because you do feel a responsibility to people that are watching. Like, I think Kenny Mayne did feel a responsibility of like, hey, I'm getting a chance to chat to a guy that the whole world wants to hear speak right now. I have to at least give my effort. And Aaron, I assume, knew that as well, though, with Kenny. You know, like he knew, like, hey, Kenny's going to have to. Because if Kenny doesn't, by the way, Kenny's no longer Kenny. Like that is, and you like Kenny. So I think Aaron I, I think Aaron respects the fact, too, how Kenny did it and the fact that Kenny keep came, coming at him. Like Aaron probably wouldn't have respected it a whole lot if you legit would not have mentioned anything that is going on right now. It's always fascinating, by the way, when you're interviewing somebody, how you have to bring up the negative shit. It is, and I think people... That's say, all people care about. You know that. Well, yeah, but also, as a conversation haver, like, I'm fascinated in that stuff as well. Like, O.J. Howard, for instance, with Gronkowski, right? Like, that was a big drama. So, in the conversation, as it's going, I don't have any pre-idea question. Like... I guess I'll think of some things about the person, but I just want to have a conversation. I just want to have a conversation with the person and whatever comes to my mind, wherever we go, let's go. I'm not trying to set anybody up. Like, I'm just trying, I just want to like, and by the way, I do the same thing at cafes, at airports, in airplanes. I, 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 I enjoy conversating with people. Like, I like learning about people. And it's amazing how much people will open up to you if you just talk to them, by the way. It is. Zito, I've heard Zito get Uber drivers who couldn't even speak English languages, like their kids' names and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. I enjoy speaking to people. Like, I, I genuinely enjoy it. But then whenever something in the conversation could potentially lead to something that pops up, like, I was like, oh, OJ fucking wanted to be traded because of Gronk or whatever. So it's like, okay, now how do I get this in the conversation? All right, without completely derailing the vibe of this thing. And with OJ, I decided to go, so what, you fucking hate Gronk? Or what? Yeah. That was how I, that's how I would have done it in real life. And that's how I do it in the conversation. I, so I assume Kenny also, you know, like he's like, I have to get this in somehow. How do we get it in? So we don't piss off the person we're talking to, but we also owe some people something as well, you know? So it's one of those, it's an interesting balance, AJ. It's a very interesting balance. Yeah, not everybody can could do that. Like what Kenny was able to do, yeah, and what he is able to do still, it's it's uh it's amazing. But through the whole thing, 
with A Rod and Kenny, I, I was thinking like, man, how pumped. Well, the floor has it's bittersweet probably because it's not. Oh, yeah. He's he's thinking, hey, hey guys, when he when I got hired, it was me. You guys were worried about me and Aaron, our relationship. This is what's going to happen. This is how bad it's going to be. And look at us. And, and look at me, man. He named coaching staff. I'm one of those guys. The <laughs> <laughs> floor, the floor, watching that sports center from his desk probably just got done watching film or whatever OTAs. I think they have no. I think they have no wide receivers there no. or whatever. I guess I at at OTAs right now. That was just reported this morning. He's watching it though with bated breath oh what's he gonna say what's he gonna say is he gonna say i'm leaving no he doesn't have to say that on tv is he and they say i love my teammates uh-huh. <laughs> i love my coaches Fuck yes! Yes! Whoa! Yes! Whoa! Whoa! that's what i fucking thought dude that's what i thought what if that was the floor what if he literally was flipping his desk what if he was like you're goddamn right you're goddamn right aaron Fuck I, hey, I thought we had a bond, dude. I knew this wasn't about me. I, I, I told him it wasn't about me. I knew I knew it wasn't about me. They were like, no, it could be, could be, could be. Because the field goal, they say. Because the field goal. Mm-hmm. Hey, do, you kicked the field goal instead of letting Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, go for it in playoffs. Why are you doing it? They, they thought this was me. Ha-ha! Not, bitch! No <laughs> what I thought. He cracks a bottle of whiskey. He's been waiting to win like a Super Bowl for him. <laughs> yeah. Good enough. Hey, we, won. we did it. We did it. Uh Hey, it's true though. He's not. It, it is a little bit of pressure off of him, I think, because people aren't going to blame him if Aaron's not there. Oh man, that's awesome to think about. Thank you for mentioning the thought of Lafleur watching that last night because I got a chance to really experience that with him. He had to have a blast. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that is that is such a massive victory. I'd assume for Matt Lafleur. Now, listen. There's going to be people that are saying we're overreacting because Matt LaFleur doesn't care this much if Aaron likes it. It's like, I disagree. Did you see him do a press conference where he said, I cannot imagine a future. Yeah. <laughs> Crush. In the worst way. We want him in the worst way. Yeah. Listen. Did you see our offense last year? That's my offense. <laughs> Have you seen Jordan Love try to throw the ball into a fucking net? Mm. I can't complete a pass. <laughs> We're a team with Aaron Rodgers, or I'm fucking out of here. Okay, I am. That, that's kind of what it was. And it was, now, no shot at Jordan Love. Once again, that, he kind of took it in there. But that was a hypothetical situation. It wasn't real. I don't know if he said that or not. And I don't mean to bring up the obvious blatant misses of that net whenever that video mm-hmm. came out. That was poor timing there. But Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, those Zoom calls, they said they sat down before the, before the season and kind of broke down the first year in the offense. And by the way, that first year in the offense was a down year for Aaron. And mm-hmm. as we've all learned, down years for Aaron are career years for other people. Yep. And then they knew that was going to grow. And him fucking with LaFleur on the sideline, I like I, I thought that was a pretty cool little uh, partnership. And remember, LaFleur came out and said, I want Will Fuller too. Like, yeah. hey, if we can get a gasser. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were shut down. Both Aaron and him were shut down right at the uh, the line there. Is there a divide? Is it? Ooh. Is LaFleur, you know, and Aaron just standing at Gink the Kinks's and uh, – Murphy's offices just being like, hey, it's either you or us, dude. Get the fuck out. What if that happens? Feels like it. That'd be awesome. That'd be all. AJ, tell us what you know about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, come on. AJ, tell us what you. Is that what it is right now? Do they hate. Do, does LaFleur and Aaron hate the. Uh, do they hate LaFleur as well? Do they hate each other? What is it? Why is this happening? I have no idea, but it, it, is, it is fun to sit there and think about, like, what if Aaron and LaFleur, they pal together, they pal up. They come together. They talk to, to Mark Murphy and Goody oh, and yeah, Russ Ball and everyone there. And they don't want to. They say, "Hey, we don't care if you're out of here." But I guess with their camaraderie, it's like uh, like Herb Brooks and, and Miracle. Hmm. 
They all had one common goal of coming together to hate him, the coach, and that bonded them together. Could LaFleur and, and Aaron come together? Not their hatred, but what they want to happen. Could those two guys together, I guess, cha- make the change that they, they feel is needed? Imagine in training camp, LaFleur and Aaron setting up the depth chart <laughs> for certain players to either succeed very, very much in the like the public days, and then, you know, just being like, well, I can't cut these guys. Cannot cut Sorry. these guys. It'll be one wide receiver that Aaron really wants on the team or whatever for an entire night practice that is being viewed by. He'll just only throw the ball to him, draw up plays where that guy's just wide open every single time. And it's like, well, can't cut him now, can you? Can't, Sorry. Can't get, can't get rid of Kumro now, huh? Everybody, Millions of people have seen this guy just dice up our goddamn defense. Can't cut him now, can you? Is that that type of the Kumro thing? And then... Obviously, you go back through like the Jordy Nelson thing, the Kuhn thing, the uh, Cobb thing. Like, there's always been these things where it felt like, you know, like Jordy allegedly. I don't. You might know more about. You probably. You definitely know more about subject than I do. Jordy allegedly just wanted to play again for the Packers. Loved the Packers. Loved everything about it. Was willing to play for next. Allegedly, this is all alleged. We don't know. He was willing to basically take peanuts to stay there. They say get the fuck out. Basically, Randall Cobb. Basically, same type of thing. All these people wanted to stay, and they tell him to get out. Is it because of those types of situations, you think? Is that what happens? Is this just like another? Is that why you, since the beginning, have been like, this is this is not Jordan Love? You've said mm-hmm. this very, this is not Jordan I Love. I said this from the jump. Yeah. I said it, you just laid it out there. And, and I think I heard Shannon talk, Shannon Sharp talk about it earlier today. I watched some of their show. Yeah, it's, a, it's an accumulation. And I feel like, I don't know if one, one thing outweighs the other or what would bother you the most or whatever, but yeah. One of those things that it should never have got to this point. And I have no idea. I don't know who has any idea. Like, okay, when and how can this be resolved with Green Bay? Is I wonder what Aaron would say if someone said, hey, is it pos- Is this something we can fix? Can we find a way to, to have you in a Packers uniform again starting here in August? Like, I wonder what he'd say. Will anybody ask who's going to – do we get I Miles mean, would he answer? He, what's he going to say? Like, yeah. it, it, he might have a 30-minute answer for you. We need that uh... – we need Miles Teller to ask. Yeah. yeah. AJ, FaceTime him. Tell him we're live, though. Yeah. Okay. Julio had to know, right? I, with a giant company like Fox and everything, I would imagine Julio had to know. So that was a Maybe bit. Not. Yeah. Julio, a pretty good actor. Not oh, bad. Yeah. Hey, if that was a bit, that was pretty well played. Would be Maybe sweet if it him. came out today that Julio's suing Shannon Sharp because <laughs> he's live on TV. Well, apparently he told me he could arrest him. Uh, you know, yeah. who knows Five to that. seven years. So, yeah. Is that real? Into him. Uh-huh. Uh, that was probably a tweet that I said I saw that, that floating around. Yeah. Five to seven <laughs> years for yeah. Shannon. Lock him up. What if that did happen? That'd be insane. Crazy. But. Man, he could have just told him. What it, is it enough to cover yourself if Shannon sent him a text like, "Hey, man, I'm going to call you on the show today." I'd assume, but they have to say, "Cool, I'm good." Like whatever. I think they have to agree to it, right? Consent. They would have to agree, not just. Mm-hmm. It's not just warning. I think it's consent. You know. <laughs> hey, by the way, going to fucking bombard you. Yeah, on the I'm show. Get yeah, ready. <laughs> ready. No, no, no. Yeah, going to do it. <laughs> I don't know if that works, but I assume Julio does have to say, "Yeah, all good in there." I would assume that's the case. He hasn't come out and said anything else like against what he said. So, what type of cigar are you smoking today, dude? I don't know. I, t- I had the I take the wrappers off a lot of them. You all right? Everything okay? 
Jesus. Oh, no. no, I'm doing terrible, right? I'm doing really, really bad. Whoa. Well, yesterday you did easy. I'm good. How <laughs> yeah. are you? Yeah, I was messed up. <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. I'm Thanks. Well. Why are you asking? Leave me alone. Okay. Axel just got kicked out of his fucking preschool class. <laughs> <laughs> Picked up a kid, dropped him on his head. Uh, did you watch Penguins game last night, AJ? I saw zero minutes of that, but I was I, uh, I was searching around. What other games were on? There was no other games on. Okay, there was another game that went to triple overtime, I guess, uh, late night or whatever. Yeah. But there was a double overtime game last night that legitimately caused me to go grab a, hey, calm down, gummy, mm-hmm. okay, in the middle of it. All right, it was like that. It was especially now that the Boston Bruins have already gotten mm-hmm. through, okay? Go beast. So now that the, the Bruins, okay, are already waiting, it's like, all right, now it's time for the greatest player of all fucking time, Sidney Crosby, Gino Malkin, and the boys to go ahead and make this thing end so we can go take on the Bruins. We're getting rest days right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Now, okay? So last night, everything does go 1-0, one, 1-1, one, one, two, one, then 2-2 two, two all of a sudden. And it's like, wait a minute. Sidney Crosby seemed to be skipping shifts. I didn't see him out on the ice as much as I normally do. Gino is back, which is fantastic. Old Rusty has definitely got a snipe scope on his fucking stick. But this team, okay, put 50-some shots on goal last night. And it's a new stat that NBC Sports Network has added just for this playoffs, just months before losing the NHL contract, which is an incredibly innovative thing to do at the tail end. And we appreciate them still putting their best effort into hockey because hockey does deserve it. But this guy, Sorkin, fuck him. All right, this is the Islanders hockey goalie. All right, this son of a bitch. He he was He had his head like this last night, a deflection. He just kicked it out, literally. Third period, deflection, should have went in, blind dies, hits him in the pad, he blocks it, okay? How'd you do it? He knew it was coming, they said. He had 17 more of those just in like a two-minute period, basically, where it was just accidental block, accidental save. The guy was standing on his fucking head at one point and actually twirling and stopping everything we had. And on our side, AJ, in our goal... Is a guy that forgot how to play fucking hockey 81 minutes into a game. Mm. How? AJ, this goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is uh, Jara? Jar- yeah, yeah Jara. He's a, he's a Jara problems. <laughs> okay, that is what he is. And he opens them every fucking time you need them. All right? He does. Jari. Remember... First game, they, they just couldn't play catch. All right, just glove side high, which they shot. I think they had 30-some shots last night. 29 of them were high glove side. That's it. They are just peppering old buddy's glove in, which is very smart, by the way. This guy goes all the way through three periods, 2-2. Two, two. Goes into the first overtime, makes some big-time saves. Yeah. Big-time saves really in the first overtime. Glove. I was like, this guy's back. Okay, he's balling a little bit. All right, but he's back. He's back. He goes in to intermission after the first overtime. Okay? They sit down. They probably look around and go, hey, hey, boys, need this one today, boys. Hey, boys. Hey, everybody's a little tired. Hey, fucking hey, golf hey, 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 down here, boys. Hey, hey, come on now. Hey, can't go down three, two. Hey, hey, not here in Pittsburgh, boys. Hey, hey, probably not in our house, boys. Hey, you're here to PPG Arena. Hey, hey, let's go, boys. A lot of that, probably. They probably look at Jari like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, good fucking game today. You've been balling today, Jari. Thank you. Seems like you learned how to play goalie in the last couple weeks. Good news. Hey, thank you, Jari. 
Jari's like, I got you guys. I fucking got you guys. Was, hey, not tonight, Jari was probably saying. Sid and the boys are like, yeah, we need another one. Hey, let's go ahead. Let's end this thing quick. Let's end this thing quick. And Jari's like, you got it. You got it. <laughs> the Zambone had just gotten off the fucking ice. It was as if there was an inch of water still on top of the ice, how fresh it was. It was crystal clean. There was not a single on the ice at this point yet into the second overtime. And Jari skates his ass out of the net, okay? Grabs that thing, and I've been told by my hockey friends, you never clear it up the center. Like that is like rule number one. Rule number one in hockey, like don't do it. Especially if you're the fucking goalie and it's double overtime. You don't, he, he passes it to an Islander player. Hey, he passes it to the guy. Whoop, he woobles back over, slips, falls, goal over. And everybody just looks at him and goes, why are you the way you are? <laughs> and here we are, down 3-2. This guy, and we got a backup to the backup, I guess, because our backup is hurt. His name's Maxim Legacy. Oh. All right, I never heard of this guy, but he's got to be fucking better than the, the legacy that this motherfucker's leaving. This guy. So is, he, is the backup to the backup going in? No. Why? What are we doing? What is the... What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same exact thing and, and expecting a different outcome? Yep. yep. This guy stinks, okay? It, it, listen, I said it the first game. I said it the last game. Mm-hmm. He got real good, real hot in there, this guy. And listen, I've been a guy that has blown a game for a team. It's not good to be this guy. Jari doesn't love this. Jari doesn't love that he is now remembered as the guy that completely forgot what hockey is uh, in the middle of the second overtime of a playoff game yeah. and just passing it right to the other guy and then just giving up a goal to lose the whole fucking thing. He doesn't want to be remembered as a guy. It's not good for him. But as a fan, it's like, we got to at least give Maxime a legacy. <laughs> no. It's not out there. No. Oh, why is he on the team then? The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. That guy stinks. Well, let's get the goddamn janitor <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. from Edmonton. Yep. Yes. Who's that guy? I don't remember his name, but I think he fucking pitched a shutout for the Canadiens that night. <laughs> yeah. They had to grab him up the damn bone. Was it Montreal, Edmonton? It was in Canada. That's got- Carolina, Carolina and Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. So the Toronto janitor guy yeah. who fucking went in after they didn't have a goalie left. He gives up one early, and then what? He starts standing on his head like that Sorkin guy. Let's call his ass down to the Coliseum. By the way, thought there was a chance we win last night, and then last game in the Coliseum, yeah. by the way, is us knocking them out. Yeah. That would have been awesome. That would have been really No, cool. instead, now they're letting more people, and there's going to be more crazed Islanders fan running amok in that place. And by the way, there's, they're going to be like, you know, the Coliseum lives to see another series. Yeah. Like It's going to be one of those... Don't worry, we'll, we'll clean up your mess. I mean, Max. Hey, shut Bruins will shut get it done. Shut Unlike up. those Guidos who can't win a goddamn hockey game, we'll do it. Hey, now he said Guino. Okay, that's yeah. with an N. Penguinos. That's what the Italians have termed the Penguins yes. in Pittsburgh. He was not saying Guino with a D because no. he did not want the Italians in Pittsburgh to potentially kill his Irish ass Never for do doing that. that. Mm-hmm. But it is a sh- that overtime watch, dude. Oh my soon as, god! Soon as we, soon as we start. Wait, he sk- fell down. He legit fell yeah. down. Oh yeah, he tried to poke check the guy. He shot the center net, AJ. The ice was too fresh. Well, I saw another guy earlier this week. <laughs> did another goalie go back and get the puck? He, he, was, he was back behind the net. That and messed was around Cap- and got stolen. Though. That one got stolen from him, right? Which, bad decision. He was caught in an island. He probably felt like an But definitely bad still. Now, Ovechkin broke his stick over that, <laughs> and I assume he, he got it. Definitely bad. This guy, though, 
wobbled over to put himself into the play. Could have just let that thing go back. And he goes, oh, I got this shit. I'm going to fucking score. We're going to win this Like LeBron getting up and going over to the area where the fight was. They got to change the game plan, though. The goalie stands on his head. Run the goalie. You, Run AJ. the goalie first minute of the yeah. game. We Run. can't. What, you have to set the tone. There's no one in. Gumby's talking that old school Canadian hockey. And he's right. You got to get. There's in his no one in Run. front of the net. The guy's standing on his head because he can see everything. Right, right, right. I just want to let everybody know the, the opinions of our Canadian in studio here do not reflect I mean, that. Of you guys want to go down without a fight? I mean, you think Jari Whoa. maybe saw your bet with Flyer and said, "I can do that." Tried scoring a double overtime because I was talking all that shit too. Jari, I like Jari. Probably a great guy. You almost felt bad for the guy, too. I uh, did. After the second goal, they were up, and then Dumoulin turns the puck over, leaves Jari all alone in front. There's no chance he's stopping that, and then he does that in OT. So does Gump want someone to attack this goalie? Yes, well, he wants him to do something. Oh, very, no, it'll be a massive just, fight, by the way. Yeah, whoever, exactly. Whoever runs. Whoever no, runs. This is a turn of phrase. You say run the goalie. It doesn't mean skate in there as hard yeah. as you can, Make lower one. your shoulder, oh, put it soccer, in the goalie's jaw. Hey, in soccer, running the goalie means like, hey, you're running knee right up into it. Take him out. Yeah, it hey. means you crash the net hard. You go cause a ruckus. You get in there. Get yeah, in the but, crease. But you are going in there with the mindset as a kamikaze. Like, hey, Steve, I'm going to start Steve a Avery. Remember Steve Avery fight. stood in front of Broder like this? John Avery. Sean, Sean Avery. Avery, there we go. Steve, Sean, Sean, Steve Sean. Avery, Steve Avery, Steve Sean Avery, bad guy, bad guy. Well, don't you know? Might be getting out soon. But like, you're getting in a fight, right? You have, you have to get in front of the goalie. Like that guy could see everything last. Park night. your ass in his lap. Well, normally there. it's Sid. Well, you have to stand there anyway, right? They're, why why aren't they doing it then? Go. They're not. I don't know. They're getting their ass beat on the way to the net. All right, everybody, shut the fuck up. Okay, ten people has the answers. All right, that means nobody does the answer is they're not tough enough yeah. is that not it Nick? that's it they had patrick hornquist was the guy who used to do it they traded him away he can't they don't have a guy that who's willing to get dirty and go to the net like a sid does a little bit but then they just beat the shit out of sid thanks for that answer host of that's hockey talk you know we had fucking sid 45 hockey experts in here sid's the only guy that does it though aj he's the only guy that does it like do, who does washington have to do that for ovechkin to hang out there and just Toughest guy in the league, dude. I, yeah, Tom Wilson and Charo on the same team. They're on the same team. <laughs> they, they couldn't even do it. Charo's not going to park it, but Charo is just going to make sure nobody. Excuse me? Anything going on? Didn't think so. The Bruins stink, though, dude. Well, that's the thing. We don't. We're the best team in hockey right now. We are going to the Stanley Cup final. You can beat the Islanders if you want, but we'll dog walk Jari and the boys, too. It doesn't matter. I do have a feeling we do not have the team winning the Stanley Cup, and that is a shame because yeah. I've been saying we're going to win the Stanley Hold Cup. Hold on. Why isn't Sid playing? You said at the beginning of all this, Sid was not playing as much as normal. That seems like the biggest problem out of all of this. That is interesting. Was he skipping shifts last night? What was going on there, Nick? Do you know? No, I don't know what you're talking about. He was not on as much as normal. Maybe he just wasn't around the puck as he much. He looks sad. He, well, What's he, it, what was his time on ice? I guess we could look at that. Maxime Legacy actually won and know with the shutout this year. So you know, okay, <laughs> it was against the Sabers. Relax. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The Sabers are a great organization. This guy. This guy. Oh my God! That's the guy. Get him in. Get him in. He's 28. He's been around too. He's got. Well, he that's, has, that's, uh, that's what everybody's saying. That's the reason. Got some experience. He has a legacy. Between the pipes. He does have a legacy. <laughs> he does. His whole family. Uh, His whole family. Oh, hanging fruit. Yeah. He hit it, though. Can't they Photoshop a Penguins jersey on him for that picture? Well, like, I, I don't a, think they ever thought he was ever going to get looked at. You know? He was a good stars tarp there. Was he good for you guys? He was not? No. Nah. Third string. 
So this guy's 28-year-old consummate third-string goalie. He's How's he around. make a living? Started in PEI. Who? Started in Prince Edward Island where he started his career. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Good gig, huh? Give the guy a chance. I mean, Chase Daniel, right? And put Sid in the pads. Okay? <laughs> put him in there. Just Why? for the first period to get the boys going. Bro, he's not scoring for whatever no, reason. Guess, he he did look awful tentative last night. There were a couple of times that? where he's, you know, just kind of having his way, and then he just fucking cycled the puck out. It's like, hey, Sid, we got to be attacking the net. Here. Yeah, what is that? Why is that, Nick? Is he hurt? What is I going don't know. on? You see him do it every. It happens like one game every playoff series where he's just like, all right, I'm just going to one touch every puck to somebody and just keep keep it moving, keep it moving. See, that might be why I didn't see him on the ice as much because he wasn't controlling. 22 minutes. Is that normal? Yeah. Uh, not for overtime. Should be more. Yeah, in a game yeah. like that, it should have should been be 25, to, 27. Yeah, 27. By the way, I thought, okay. Said, hey, we, I thought, I, we, I mean. Sid needs four more minutes. We you missed five shifts. That's five shifts. Yeah. So he's skipping shifts. What, what's going on? Is he hurt? Why is he skipping shifts? What are Maybe we they're trying to rest him. Maybe it's some load management they're giving him. It's. it's it's uh, playoffs. They're playing for Lord Stanley, AJ. I There's know. no time and for so that. So they're not scared, though. That they're not scared, Gump. Till they know they're going to win the series, so they're just they're so taking it easy on. Them. Why do they stink? Doesn't look like they'll win it now. So you don't have any confidence, Pat, that the the Penguins. So Brett Michaels is the only one left that has any confidence in the squad. Oh, All right, listen. I am still <laughs> cheering we go. for the Penguins. You hear me? Okay. But I just after watching them, watch some of the other teams. <laughs> It is uh, quite disheartening to watch what's going on other places. If we had Sorokin, maybe we could try to trade for him, like right now. Mm -hmm. Get him out there. Also, we would like McDavid to bring him on yeah. the team. Perfect. These are just a couple of the moves I would make that I think get us back there. But, boy, I, I don't know if we got the wagons, pal. And that is frustrating. But I'm going to bet on him like we do. I'm going to bet on him mm -hmm. like we do. Every single game. Got to get Jeff Carter buzzing again. He's fucking he's, just handing the puck over hey, last night. He's, uh -huh. he's the guy he that doing? stirs the drink, man. When he goes, you guys go. Yeah, he won that game for us a couple yeah. games ago, aside from Sidney Crosby. Some people were blaming uh, Najee Harris's towel twirl as a reason that the Penguins couldn't get it done. Don't. <laughs> Don't. It ain't about twirling a towel. Quarterback's wearing number 50, all right? But let's hope he That's runs busy. the fucking football. <laughs> Better than he twirls a towel down there. <laughs> that towel was a terrible twirl. I mean, that oh, was. I need to see it. Oh, dude, he, it was a fist pump. Yeah, it's like a pom pom almost. I'm not sure he's ever hit it. You know, you just gotta get a little momentum going. And Najee, show him the, Brett. Show him the video of Brett Michaels. Don't. That's all you gotta do. See now, Brett Michaels does have an elite towel twirl in that video. I think everything else about it is also elite. Obviously. Not that I was going to say anything bad about that video at all, but like yeah. his towel twirl, you even hear it. It's like a whip. He's cracking oh, a whip around that thing, you know? And <laughs> Najee's was just like kind of a straight. He's never been in the stands. It's always in, he's always in the. Uh, yeah. The critics outside the arena, do not, they don't build statues. Anyways, you get it. Najee. Oh, he just said it to me, too. It's <laughs> a great one. Uh, the man in the arena? Yeah, yeah. You got what's it. The, what's that? You got it. It's like 20 lines. You got it. Do the whole thing. Oh, I did not know. I've only known. <laughs> I, I guess I've gotten the abbreviated <laughs> yeah, condensed yeah. version. Yeah, it's called the man in the arena. It's good. Do you know it? 
I don't know it off the top of my head, but I mean, I've, I've what seen if he, it What if times. he did come in with like the Pledge of Allegiance to the man? A lot of people do. Just I mean, it is not that. about the, it is a, D, who did it? Bobby. I guarantee you General Bob has it memorized for sure. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's bad. And, and Yenzers. Look, he's passionate. Yeah, that's what Yenzers will love. Yenzers will be like, oh, it ain't about twirling it down. I mean. Oh, look, he got a bucko head on too. Oh, God, he loves Pittsburgh. <laughs> he can do no wrong. This, this guy's right going to fit in right. He, by the way. He was on everybody's mock drafts as going to Pittsburgh. And all of Pittsburgh was 100% on board with him being their mock draft. Everybody was on board with Najee Harris as a Pittsburgh Steeler maybe a month before he was drafted to be a Pittsburgh Steeler as more and more people were like, Najee's going to Pittsburgh, Najee's going to Pittsburgh. And we all know that that's all potential bullshit at this point, but this one was right. He's loved in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, the problem was there was no combine, so we couldn't put the towel in his hand ahead of time to see how terribly he waved it. He never would have been drafted if if they saw him waving it. He's spinning on Myron Cope's legacy, (laughs) Darren. What's that, dude? Teddy Roosevelt was the man in the arena. I don't know if that was said or not. Would you like to read it here as we go to break? It's pretty long. All right. So we'll, on the other side of this, we'll go right into a break. We'll see you in four minutes after that. <laughs> do a little bit of a – do a phone calls. one uh, 833 Get into it, Diggs. you got to get into it. For McAfee. I think this is the perfect song for this. All right, like, ladies and gentlemen. It, do it like it's slam poetry. A, oh, yeah. a reading is. by Tone Diggs to carry us into a commercial break. Maybe something – you should remember when you're at a ball game. It is not the critic who counts. What? Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. How? Or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Uh-huh. Whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Mm-hmm. Who strives valiantly. Uh-huh. Who errs. Who comes short again and again because there is no effort without air and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails why, while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Teddy Roosevelt, 1910. Sorry to interrupt, but okay, guys. If you're single, are you dating on the Match app yet? That's a good question. Maybe, you know, maybe you took the lockdown and got ripped. Maybe you want the other route and you're a master bread maker. Whatever it is, man, get out there and share it, dude. I like that. This is gearing up for the perfect summer. Sports are back. We're all going to appreciate being outdoors. Don't be alone. Find someone awesome to share it with, Ty. Sounds good. And Match is, of course, best at the matching part. All you need to do is download the app, set up your preferences, and their powerful recommendation engine will take it from there. That simple. And bonus, it's now 100% free to message your top matches. Guys, I'll say this again. It is totally free to allow the powerful recommendation engine to find you some top matches and for you to send them messages. What are you waiting for? Get ready to start something great. Download Match now. Match they're finding you legit folks here. Right. Don't have to worry about that nonsense. The search engine powerful recommendation engine 
Find you love, find you. Hey, let's go enjoy this life, huh? But get, get a tag team partner. Yeah. Ain't nothing like it. Stadiums are coming back. You can go to a ball game with somebody. Hey, hey, won't go to a game? Hey, let's get out of our house. Let's go to a ball game. It's been 14, 15 months. Get back in the game if you want to. If not, sorry for this entire long read if you're single and happy about it. But if you are looking to get back in to see, you know, what is out there for me, download Match Now. 100% free for messages to your top matches. That's a big deal. I don't know how long that's going to last, but download Match Now. Back to the show. Uh, Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. Yes, Bryson DeChambeau, who ate eight protein bars a day, gained 35 pounds of muscle and 200 yards to his drive in one COVID quarantine. He's got massive club speed. He swings at it. Golf ball whacker guy has come into full prominence, both in the spotlight on TV and on the internet. I had no idea that golf ball whacker guy and super cool dude Brooks Kepka hated each other, but I love it. It's good for golf. In this video that surfaced on the internet of Brooks Kepka being completely thrown into a fuck you state by Bryson DeChambeau's <laughs> mere appearance is maybe my favorite thing on the internet right now. Go ahead and roll that thing. Golf course was asking a lot from you today, Brooks. What were you able to do well and put up that nice number? Just ball struck my way around this place. Um, Thanks for asking. Didn't putt well, but I don't think many guys are going to putt well with this wind. It's it's very tough. I don't like I said. I don't know what other guys have said or I just felt it difficult to read. You know, sometimes. Sometimes, um, I, lost, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, hearing that bullshit. Okay, so if you're, he goes fucking Christ at the end of that. So for those that are just listening on Sirius and couldn't watch the video on YouTube, the only thing that happened, it appears, is Bryson DeChambeau and gang in tow walk by might have been metal cleats there were some people tweeting that DeChambeau said well you got to start it off on the right line after he said it's going to be I have not heard that on the video I've not heard the whole thing but I love the fact that it is very evident Brooks despises DeChambeau and I'd assume DeChambeau feels the same way in return your thoughts on this AJ I think it's great for golf and by the way I'm a fan of both of them don't know either of them fan of both of them I, I'm absolutely a fan of both of them and I think this is going to be an amazing rivalry that we're going to get to see play out. Like on Sunday, they're paired up, going back and forth. They, they are. It does seem like their approach to the game is very different. You know, Bryson is like the most technical, scientific guy working on every single little thing, and Brooks is more of a guy just let his instincts take over and let it fly. I mean, he's even admitted to getting bored and getting and losing focus during rounds, like like final rounds of PGA events. This guy's getting board and he's losing his focus that's how awesome he is and how good he can be so i think we're seeing the start of something that's going to be awesome for us these two guys may hate each other but we get to love sitting there and watching them. i want to see if it ever gets physical well how about physical would be awesome if these two continue to build their effort it's good for golf i would like to know a little bit deeper story on why the hell they hate each other though there is history so it started in 2019 brooks was criticizing bryson of taking way too goddamn long pace of play pace of play um and then bryson said to brooks's caddy tell your boss to come talk to me face to face um, and then there was so why do you tell somebody else to tell somebody to come face to face? Bryson did say in an interview, but that was this was 2019. Bryson, this was a different Bryson that he Brooks would win a fight between those two, but then Brooks was in the body issue, 
and Bryson made a comment when he was playing a game online, I believe, like, I have abs. Brooks doesn't even have abs. Whoa. Oh. And Brooks replied with a picture, I believe, of his two PGA championships and said, like, I have two of a six-pack here. So oh, like, so there is real heat here. Yeah. And people were calling him Brooksy off the tee when DeChambeau was teeing off this past weekend. And he was like, all right, whoever's doing that, you need to get the hell out of here right now. Oh. DeChambeau, yeah. Wow. Let's sure. go! You well, saw how then, annoyed Brooks was by when when Bryson walked by. He couldn't even fi- finish his thought or what he was about to say. But I, I just think when – I don't know, man. Brooks is so awesome. Like, I love Brooks's attitude, especially at the end of that when the, the Golf Channel guy held it. He handed it great. He's like, what did he say? Like, okay, now we won't put it on TV. And like, I, I literally don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, is yeah. over, he is so over answering questions about Bryson too, which I think I'm sure a lot of other players are as well. Like, when Bryson is rolling – they, that's all probably the first question all these guys get asked. Like, what's it like to to witness greatness in Bryce's oh. game of golf? And Brooks is like, uh, has he won anything? No. Okay. So it's cool, but it's not really that cool. And then DeChambeau's – hey, by the way, if he's just stirring the pot – and I don't know who's babyface, who's heel right now, by the way. I don't know who's babyface, who's heel. A lot of people took Brooks' side last night on the internet because it was a hysterical <laughs> – hysterical reaction just an incredible distaste for somebody creating a beautiful meme in a moment everybody likes it but DeChambeau is he the baby face now because he's big golf ball whacker guy can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show I know there's a lot of things that can penetrate your ear holes okay a lot of them are good a lot of them stink too I mean there's there's an abundance of content right now the fact that you allow us to spend you know, some time with you during your day, Monday through Friday, we are eternally grateful for. Hashtag in a pod squad, Ty's still handing out money, still handing out cash, because you guys deserve it, to be honest with you. Uh, if you stuck it out this long on a Tuesday in the middle of basically spring, you're the fucking best, dude. We'll be back tomorrow. Be a friend, tell a friend if you enjoyed this. If not, just act like it never happened. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Tuesday night before a massive, a massive Wednesday. Cheers.